Pego. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. How's everyone doing today? I hope everyone's doing fantastic. Uh, it's been a, <clears throat> you know, it's been an interesting week, you know. Um, right now we're playing through Cyberpunk, so uh, you know it's it's been an interesting playing through that for the first time. And I'm playing Shadow of the Colossus for the first time. Uh, we should be finishing that tomorrow or Monday, whenever you're listening to this. Um, so if you want to tune in for that, uh, we're probably going to be going live a little bit early, simply because it is Labor Day, uh, the day after that I'm recording this. So that's pretty cool, you know? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, hopefully everyone is having a good week this week. Uh, I've been okay. Uh, playing, playing some games, you know, trying to get some stuff done, some work done. Um, but, uh, hey, let's go ahead and talk about what I've been playing this past week. Well, I honestly haven't really been playing that much this week, all things considered, that I can actually talk about. Um, you know, I, I can't really talk about Shadow of the Colossus or Cyberpunk because I'm not done with them. I like to talk about games when I'm all the way fully finished with them, so I have a full, you know, a full review to give you guys. Um, I have been playing a game called Scathe, and this is a game that I've been working on for the Pixels website. So I don't know how much I really can talk about it. I mean, I, I got it early access, so I was able to play it before it came out. I did not get the review done in time for that day because it was like a day or two before it. But so far, I mean, just to kind of give like a mini kind of first impressions thing here, and then I'll go more in depth in my review on the website. So far, it's 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 a lot of fun, um, but there's a few things that are like nagging me in the corners of the game. You know, in your in your peripherals, there's a few nagging problems that I've seen that kind of just take me out of it a little bit. I think the cool thing about this game is the map is interwoven. So when you go from one area to the next, you can choose like three different ways to go at times. Uh, so that's meaning that you can get three different rooms to go into, maybe a boss is in this room, maybe uh, new weapons in this room, maybe this one's just a regular, you know, area to go through, um, which is cool. You know, it's, it's a little bit different from something like Doom where, you know, it's it's very straightforward, you you go through the path, you know, you kill the enemies and you move, you move on through this, through the levels, right? <clears throat> Whereas in Scathe, it's like a map, it's like a labyrinth, I would say, where you go from one point to multiple points, right? And you can kind of like go back and forth between them and, and choose different routes if you want to. Um, but what is Scathe? Uh, you know, Scathe is a first-person shooter. Um, it's very much in the style of Doom, so it's got quick movement. It's got, you know, guns that don't need to reload, you know. You can you just have to pick up ammo for them. Um, it's a little bit more, uh, it, it, it's much like, you know, you know, in, in Doom, you know, a lot of the weapons are like, oh, I could see this, you know, this assault rifle or this shotgun or whatever being real, right? Um, in, in Scathe, they're, they're much more like unique weapons. I mean, even though they may do similar things to weapons in like Doom, like you do have the assault rifle and then you, and it has like a secondary fire that, um shoots like a rocket burst out of it 
So it's kind of similar to Doom there. Uh, then you have your energy weapon, which is a very straight shooter. And then the uh, the alternate fire is like a shocking thing. It shocks multiple enemies in a small area. Um, there's also a shotgun in the game uh, where the alt fire is like a, like a quick rocket burst out of it as well. Um, there's also like a, like a bow caster or whatever you want to call it that shoots really high powered single shots. And if you press the alt fire, there's like a ricochet shot that goes through enemies, which is kind of cool. You know, kind of cool. There's, there's plenty of weapons to use. And on top of that, there's also magic in the game. So, uh, every so often you'll find like a dead, um, enemy that, that looks pretty, looks pretty weird. I think they're like called like sorcerers or something like that. I'm pretty sure. Uh, they float and they have like a ton of orbs around them and stuff. Eventually, sometimes you'll find them like dead on the ground already, and you go over to them and you unlock their little, I don't know, case or whatever, and they give you a ring. Or one of them gave me a, a, a revolver, and that goes onto your left hand. Your right hand is your main weapon. Your left hand is your magic. So essentially, one ring that I found early on, it heals you like 25 health every time you use it. Right. Um, and if you get a different ring, it, it looks blue, it can freeze all the enemies in the area. There's a red one that damages all enemies in the area. Um, there's a uh, one that has like clockwork on it that slows down time. And of course the revolver is just like a high powered shot, um, which is which is pretty good. So that's your basic, like, um, you know, like your basic uh, shooting and stuff like that. Uh, the rings really do come in handy when you're when you're playing through the game. Uh, you know, the control setup for it, you know, Q on the keyboard is like switch your rings around, which I kept that. But um, I think it was like E or something to, to use them. I changed that to mi middle mouse button on my configuration just because... You know, when you're using the revolver, you, you want to shoot it multiple times, and, you know, pressing E doesn't feel right on the keyboard, right? It feels better on the mouse. Um, but that's, that, you know, that's all personal preference and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, pretty much the story is, like, you're, you know, you're a scathe, which is you've been created by a divine creator to go into what amounts to hell to take out, to do to preemptive, preemptively strike at his brother, which obviously is like a the the sacrilegious entity, um, and you go through these areas. There's like demons to kill. They're they're pretty cool designs. Uh, not gonna lie, like some of them are like these like propeller flying guys. They have like all the machinery built into them. Like the there's these regular gun guys who have like the a Gatling gun sticking out of their mouth, which is pretty cool looking. You know the, the designs of the monsters are all pretty cool. They're, they they do they do look pretty unique. Um, most of them are not like copy paste from other games or something like that, which is nice. Um, <clears throat> the one nagging thing that I was talking about is a lot of these enemies have an AI path that can be easily exploited. And what I mean by that is if you go around behind them and you move to like a bridge and then you jump off the bridge, the enemy doesn't know to turn around and go back down the staircase. They'll keep going and trying to chase you and then they'll stop and they'll, they won't do anything, right? I see this all happen a lot with the melee enemies. They'll all run at you in a straight line, all grouped together, so it's easy to take them out. And if you just walk past them, they'll just keep running forward or they'll stop and their AI won't know what to do. Something that probably could be fixed in a patch later on, of course. 
And then the other nagging thing is there's some sections where they want you to do platforming to get, like, collectibles and stuff like that. And the collectibles are called relics in the game are actually pretty important to open up doors and stuff like that to unlock later parts of the game. <clears throat> so going through these areas and doing the, sl the small platforming sections are paramount to success. And the because the game is Doom-like, it's got a very quick speed to it. It's very difficult to just, uh, you know, platform in general, you know, because you'll go too fast and you'll fall off. You won't go far enough because you want to try and compensate. You'll fall off. And this game runs on a life system. So, you know, once you once you die, you, you respawn and you have X amount of lives. And once you, all those lives run out, it'll take you back to the last, like, green room, which is like a safe room, uh, which can sometimes set you back quite a quite a quite a lot um i was playing yesterday and i had gotten all the way to a boss fight which was like seven or so rooms away from the latest green room that i was at and it i died and i didn't know that i was on my last life and it took me all the way back to that green room and i was just so upset because it's like it took me like an hour to get to that boss fight so i mean yeah you can just run through a lot of these areas that's not a problem until you get to a room until you get to a section in there that's like oh you have to defeat x amount of enemies before moving on or you have to defeat this wave of enemies before moving on you know there's things that will slow you down of course but it was just kind of annoying one of the rooms that i went through was quite large and like it had like three of those rooms that stop you from progressing until you beat all the enemies and i had to do that like two or three times you know i accidentally you know went the wrong way and i left the, the room that I was in, I came back in, and of course it was like, oh, you had to redo it, you know? It's, so there's some things that are a little bit annoying, a little bit nagging, but for the most part, you know, I'm not super, super, you know, mad about it. I think that the game is good, and I think it's worth picking up, especially if you like the old-school, fast-paced shooters, first-person shooters, um, and it does have enough unique uh, aspects about it to, to set it apart from something like Doom or Wolfenstein or something like that, you know. So if you want to check it out, Scathe, it's, I think it's available pretty much everywhere, if, if I'm not correct. Uh, I've been playing it on Steam, you know, which has been a pretty nice, um, pretty good time. So if you want to check it out, Scathe, it's available now. And then the other game that I've been switching out with Scathe, and another game that I'm going to be talking about on the website too, uh, is called Tinykin. And this game's actually available on Xbox Game Pass if you want to try it out. And Tinykin, I played this at PAX East uh, 2022. And I also won a free copy of the game through PAX East. So that was pretty cool. But, um, you know, it is available on Xbox Game Pass if you want to try it out there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Tinykin is, uh, it's kind of like, it's, 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 it's a Pikmin-like. It's a new genre. It's a Pikmin-like. It's, 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 like it's like a 3D platformer. All the characters in the game are 2D, so they're kind of like Paper Mario aesthetics in a 3D world. Um, and you have these like little guys called Tinykin who you use to solve puzzles, move objects, etc., etc., just like Pikmin. And this is actually this has actually made me want to like maybe go back and play some of those old Pikmin games. I know that the first Pikmin game has like a time limit or something like that. So you have to like do things in a relatively quick manner, and I feel like that will probably not vibe with me. But I think Pikmin two and three are more so on that open area aspect, like Tinykin is, where you just go around, you kind of do things at your own pace if you want to. I'd have to look at it into a little bit more. It might be best for me to maybe start on like Pikmin three, 
in in this case because I like the I like the way that Tinykin presents itself and the way that the all of the things work together. You know, uh, all these little Tinykin guys running around, and some of them can lift heavy objects. Other ones you can make ladders out of. Uh, some explode when you throw them at things. Uh, there's also ones that can conduct electricity, and you can you can you can connect electrical outlets to plugs and stuff like that. Very cool stuff, and it's all it all works pretty well. The maps are pretty nice too. I mean, you, you're playing as this guy Milo, and he's in like this larger than life house, right? He's a very small human in a large house, and the story really. You know, you could you could really pass on the first part of the story where he transports himself back to Earth, and he's like really small for some reason. Um, and humans are apparently gone, but the houses and stuff are still standing, and the bugs inside the houses have gained consciousness, sentience, sentience. You know, they are they are now like a functioning society. All these bugs are working together. It's just it's it's really weird, like to start off with that cutscene and. You know, Milo is trying to get back to the birthplace of humans and his teleporter broke. And now you have to try and find a way to get back. And it's like, okay, you could have just made this like Milo shrinks himself and he uses the power of the Tinykin to build a machine to make himself get big again. And all he, you know, you don't realize this when you're a big human, but the, you know, all the, all the insects and stuff have like a little society going on. I suppose it wouldn't make as much sense because they do, you know, the bugs do transform these areas into like their own you know vibes their own areas you know you got like the bathroom area with the dung beetles and they've got toilet paper wrapped around everywhere for buildings and stuff like that and you also have like the silverfish area and they're all about partying so there's a bunch of like makeshift disco balls and stuff uh, everywhere you know it's kind of fun in that aspect uh the the main the first area you go to has like this big cardboard like church type thing that you go into and you help some guys in there and the whole world around it is like all this platforming nonsense i would say but it's a lot of platforming and a lot of puzzle solving and a lot of times you know you're gonna get to an area and maybe you don't have enough tinykin to move an object so you gotta go somewhere else first and and try and search around there and there's a lot of different like objectives and stuff to do in each area which is really nice as well um it's just it's full of content it's a very very fun game i i really have no issues with it so far um the only thing that i wish was uh in the game was like a pollen tracker which is the collectibles in the game i really wish that you know you had like this i don't know because you can pull up like these goggles to zoom in and out of the areas and i feel like if they could just like put like a little like you know make the pollen look red inside your goggles so you can know where that last pollen is because in the first area I got like everything done a hundred percent and I'm missing like one or two pollen and I'm like oh Jesus I'm never gonna go around and find this this these these last few pieces of pollen um, the the pollen actually is very useful to collect though because it adds um, extra time to your glide bubble. Uh, so you use that to glide over areas and gaps and stuff like that, um, which is pretty paramount to success, I would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's it, you know, it, it's all it's all good. I I I really enjoy. I have been enjoying my time with uh, with with with, uh, with Tinykin. I think that it, I, I like it better than Scathe, obviously. Um, and I think that you know this game is going to be one of those games that like once again makes people really get into you know the pikmin style of gameplay that nintendo just kind of has been ignoring for a while i mean i know they put out like the the re-release of pikmin 3 on the switch but that's kind of been the only pikmin thing other than pikmin bloom which is the mobile game 
and that isn't even that isn't even like a normal Pikmin game at all, you know. So it, you know, it's it's a, it's interesting, you know. I like I like I've said before. I mean, if if Nintendo's not going to do something like a new a new Metroidvania, a new Pikmin like game, a new Paper Mario game, and and they're not going to make it in the way that people want to have a game like that. You know, indie developers are going to find a way to skirt around the you know the the copyrights and stuff like that to make their own property make it unique to what you know what they feel should be the next evolution of the series and then boom bada bing you have tinykin you have you know all these metroidvanias that have come out you have you know uh this new there's a new like paper mario like go like game coming out that i'll talk about later there's the bug fables is another game that's like very paper mario like so you know i think it's nice that indie developers are are doing this kind of stuff because it keeps the spirit of those old games alive while modernizing them and tiny can is just another one of those games it's like yeah it's really good it's really fun and yeah it's definitely getting me into like the you know the little like 3d platformer management type game where you manage your little guys and you try and you know collect stuff and do puzzles and stuff like that so if you want to check that out tinykin it is available on xbox game pass if you don't want to you know pay full price for it or if you just want to try it out you know um i would recommend doing that it's been a fun time though so can't complain too much and finally uh we finished guacamelee super turbo championship edition on stream uh, this was uh, the first time playing the Super Turbo Championship Edition all the way through. Uh, I did get, I did do a little bit of it back in the day when it, when this version first came out, um, but you know because I had already played through Guacamelee so many times, and um, I, you know when you first play through the game, you know it doesn't seem like there's too much different, right? Uh, you know especially if you don't make it through to the new area in the game. That's that's you know I, I, like. Here's what I've been saying to people. Guacamelee Super Turbo the Championship Edition, it's more Guacamelee, um, but things are changed around. There's a new, there's two new areas, and there's a new boss to fight. And it's a lot of extra content put in there for sure. I mean, I remember the original Guacamelee, you know, you go up against the Flame Face early on, and then you fight Jaguar Javier, and he's gone early on, and then you fight Xtebe, and all, like all these different characters are kind of like rearranged. So Flameface, you don't fight him until like more so towards the middle of the game. Jaguar Javier, uh, he's not um, a, a, an enemy you fight until like he's like the second to last boss fight in the game, which he used to be like the second boss fight in the game, right? Um, it's, it's kind of crazy how much they rearranged the game. They also gave you, they give you like the same powers in the same order, but you get them in different locations. It's kind of, it's, it's crazy how different the game feels and how different the game is, you know, and you also have like all these costumes to unlock. They give you different abilities. Um, they, they like, it, it, you also have a different character that you can play as it's up to four player multiplayer to, or co-op too, which is kind of crazy. Um, but it's 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 really it really was a charming time. It's you know Guacamelee is one of my favorite Metroidvanias. I guess I didn't know it was a Metroidvania when I played it back in the day, but it is one of my favorite Metroidvanias. And Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition just adds on top of that and makes it even better, which is kind of crazy to think about because Guacamelee is already like an A tier, and giving it the Super Turbo Championship Edition stuff makes it an S tier. It's it's really good. I really enjoyed my time with it. You know, great music, really fun graphics, um, good gameplay, you know, really fun melee-focused gameplay. And the Metroidvania stuff is kind of light, so if you're someone who doesn't really like Metroidvanias, 
Guacamelee is actually a game that you could probably get behind. I mean, the, the map's pretty straightforward. Um, it, you know, it, the story does take you along new paths every single time. You don't have to like retread through areas a lot unless you want to get like all the collectibles and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, Guacamelee, yeah, it's just, it's a really good game. I'm glad that I, I replayed this, this super championship version because, like I said, uh, the only version I played was the original game. And I actually was playing Guacamelee 2 back when that first came out. And there were so many things that, like, I didn't understand because I'm like, this isn't how the story ended in uh, in the original Guacamelee. You know, this is how this happened. This is how this worked, you know? Um, so, yeah, it definitely it definitely changes things up. And um, it helps Guacamelee 2 kind of line up with the story better than just playing guacamole i actually i don't even think you can get the original guacamole anymore i think they changed them all out for the super turbo championship edition unless you already had it downloaded on like your 360 or your ps3 which i do have the original guacamole on the ps3 still so i could technically boot that up and see how different it is but just remembering from uh you know just playing it back in the day it definitely is a lot different and that's good you know it, it was a fresh experience if you've already played guacamole the original version I do suggest going through the Super Turbo Championship Edition. It, it does really change things up, and uh, the new added areas are fun. There's like a new mine that's like a training area, which is really nice. It helps you get in, uh, get get uh, know the enemies a little bit better. You know, gives you little challenges to do. Um, and uh, the new area, like the harbor area, it's it's a kind of a uh, an awkward area to get around, but um, it was really fun to go through. And there's some new side missions there as well. You know. Um, I actually, for the first time ever, I did the uh, the um, El Diablo uh, area, the in Inferno area, the, the like the hell area of the game, which I didn't do before because it's like a bunch of challenges that you have to complete. You know, like get through this area in this amount of time, kill these enemies in this amount of time, or using this specific move. You know, those were actually pretty fun. Some of them were actually pretty challenging. I found the ending ones to be the least challenging of them all for some reason, though. But yeah, I did all those. Those were fun to do. And yeah, that's that's about it. Um, if you want to check out that game, obviously it's available pretty much everywhere now. So Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition, two thumbs up. All right, let's go ahead and move on to what's in the news. All right, so as you may or may not have guessed, I did not decide to pick up The Last of Us Part 1 remake. Um, you know, it was like a day before the game was coming out, and I was like, you know, I just don't have time to like replay through The Last of Us this year. I mean, especially with so much going on, I decide, you know what, I'll wait for like a sale, a Black Friday, maybe even ask for it for Christmas, right? Um, but... Uh, I, I I was watching some people play the game. Um, you know, there's the 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 trophy the platinum alchemist trophy alchemist. Uh, he does like trophy guys and stuff like that. He was playing the game early, and I uh, I gotta admit, I mean, the game looks incredibly beautiful. Uh, it, it really does. It looks like they really did remake a lot of the environments and stuff like that from the ground up. It does. You know, like the the buildings and stuff, the the overgrown environments and stuff like that. It all looks really really good and. I mean, it does look like the gameplay is is about the same, you know, and, and obviously the story is going to be about the same. I think they only changed like a few, maybe a couple lines of dialogue or maybe added in a few new interactions with Ellie and, and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so, you know, and they also added in all those uh, 
accessibility options as well that are in Last of Us Part 2. So, you know, it really does bring the game up to current modern day Last of Us standards at this point, which is a good thing. I think that was a good idea. I think the price tag is a little bit too much. Um, I, I think they should have stuck with the, uh, you know, like a $60 price tag or even gone down to the $40 or $50 range just because it is a re-re-release of the game. And I think that was the major thing that people were complaining about is like, oh, we're getting the same game again for $70. You know, even though this game is really, really good, even though this game's like an 8, 9, 10 out of 10, right, to, to, to a lot of people. I think it has like a 95 on Metacritic at this point, uh, the original game. Um, people aren't going to be willing to spend the $70 next-gen price tag on a game that is essentially the same thing that you've played in the past. And I'm kind of a part of that same group. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like super complaining about it because I understand, you know, like it's just business, but, um, I, you know, it, it did deter me from, from buying the game, especially because, you know, I got a lot of more games coming out this year that I want to get. I got the God of War Ragnarok. We got, um, you know, Gotham Knights. We got, the Callisto protocol like there's a bunch of stuff coming out that's big that I want to play and I want to make sure I have time to play and having the last of us part one be on my shelf asking me to play it you know I, I'd probably you know I, I just don't want that there I just I want to make sure I keep playing new games this year and I'll play the last of us part one eventually maybe even on stream but um yeah you know it's one of those things it's like okay I, I think the game looks good I think that it's worth buying again for sure but Probably not for the price tag, um, but in the same, in, 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 you know, Last of Us Part One uh, had a bit of a had a different had a bit of a different controversy happen to it. Uh, if you don't recall, there is the Firefly edition of the game, which was the collector's edition. It was a hundred dollars. It came with some art, and I think it came with like a Firefly pendant or something like that. Um, which obviously are you know these things are getting inflated online. You can buy them for four hundred fifty dollars on eBay if you want to. Um, but, uh, people are complaining because their collector's editions are coming in like these manila, um, like, you know how like, uh, Amazon bags, you know, they're just like plastic bags, right. The, the, that you throw away. Um, they also have like these ones that are like made out of cardboard. They're like recycled cardboard. Um, so the la like, instead of coming in boxes, a lot of these last of us firefly editions are coming in these manila colored bags and stuff like that that have like a little bit of bubble wrap but they're really not that well protected um people have been have been getting them and their boxes have been bent scratches um just ruined you know because like tape got on them from the from the folder when people are sealing them up you know stuff like that um so this has kind of been like a uh has kind of been a bit of a disappointing thing for people who are specifically collectors. They want the collector's edition. They want to keep it intact. They're going to probably play the game, but they all, you know, they want to make sure that the boxes are all nice and stuff like that. You know, that's a big part of the video game community. I mean, you know, people just collecting these special editions of games just to kind of put on a shelf, look pretty. You know, they'll open them up and show off, you know, look at what's inside, but they'll close it back up all nice and pretty and stuff like that. And, you know, even though I'm kind of the same way, I'm not like as hardcore into that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I still like, you know, I still like my stuff to come in in a nice way. You know, when I get stuff off of eBay, I make sure that the pictures look nice. I look, make sure the disc looks nice. I always try to get like the full version of the game with manuals and stuff like that. And if something comes in and like, oh, there's a scratch on the game case that wasn't in the picture. I'll complain about it. I mean, I'm not going to ask for a refund because it's just, you know, it's whatever. But, you know, in, in there I'll be, in, 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 the, in, my, in my rating, I'll be like, four stars. There was a, you know, 
item came with scratch that wasn't pictured in original pictures, right? And that'll be that'll be that. But um, you know, I I know why people you know I understand why people are kind of bugged by this. Obviously, it's it, it's coming from Sony, and you would think that they would package their stuff accordingly in actual boxes with bubble wrap stuff like that. But no, it seems like they've kind of put low effort into shipping these Firefly editions out, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, and Sony is not offering replacements because the collector edition is sold out. So they're just offering refunds at this point. Um, but yeah, kind of unfortunate. Um, kind of taints the the release of the game a little bit. But yeah, you know, what can you do? Honestly, I don't I don't know what to say. I think it's 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 disappointing, but. At least people can get their money back, and maybe when they restock this edition, they can buy it again, if they desire. Okay, so Microsoft and Sony have been in talks to keep PlayStation on... I'm sorry, to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for several more years beyond the current contract for uh, from Activision. Um, so, uh, The Verge reported that Microsoft and Sony have signed an agreement in January to keep the Call of Duty series on PlayStation har- hardware for several more years. In the full Microsoft statement, it reads, In January, we provided a signed agreement to Sony to guarantee Call of Duty on PlayStation with feature and content par- par- parity for at least several more years beyond the current Sony contract. The offer... An offer that goes well beyond typical gaming industry agreements. Uh, this means that Call of Duty titles won't have exclusive um, rights to Microsoft platforms or Xbox Game Pass or something like that. And they will stay on the PlayStation. And, I mean, I don't know if this this, uh, this probably doesn't go into the PC version. I mean, I, I bet that they could just put it on PC anyway. But, um... This means that Call of Duty will at least be on micro. Uh, I'm sorry, Sony's consoles for at least you know several more years. Usually that means like five to seven, you know, whatever. Um, so that this this uh, this this doesn't mean that it's forever going to be on Sony's platform. So it's possible that in the future, down the road, Call of Duty will stop coming to the PlayStation, um, which would be a big hit. Obviously, I mean, you know, right now uh, Sony has like exclusive rights to have early content for this game. I mean, just look at the new modern warfare two game. Uh, you know, the, you know, Sony is getting the, uh, the campaign early. If you, if you buy digital, the, you know, the betas and stuff like that are releasing early for Sony consoles, you know, uh, in the past, like DLC came to Sony first, uh, you know, especially back when the acquisition first happened that, or the agreement first happened between Activision and Sony, like they, you know, Sony was getting like tons of stuff early and then like Xbox had to wait months for things to come around to it. So it's possible that we'll start seeing that again eventually, or we'll just see Call of Duty be exclusive on Xbox. I mean, that'll sell consoles, you know, there's, there's still a million billion people playing Call of Duty out there, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, also, uh, other, other games confirmed, uh, to be in this agreement are Diablo and Overwatch. Um, and they're planning on bundling Call of Duty, Diablo and Overwatch into Game Pass when that releases. And of course, if you're a PlayStation user, you'll have to pay full price instead of getting it on Xbox Game Pass, but at least you will be getting Diablo. Uh, Overwatch, Overwatch 2, I thought was free though. I thought Overwatch 2 was going to be free to play. Am I wrong about that? I think they're talking about the original Overwatch here, which won't matter in the future because Overwatch 2 is uh, supposedly just 
taking that over. But anyway, uh, kind of interesting news there, especially seeing that Microsoft and Sony had to come to an agreement on it rather than Microsoft just saying like, hey, we're going to keep it on PlayStation. So maybe that's a little bit foreboding for PlayStation users who are PlayStation dependent. All right, so in a weird twist of events, Hogwarts Legacy, the developers behind Hogwarts Legacy said that the very famous sport from the game Quidditch is not going to be playable in the game. Uh, you will be able to fly around on broomsticks, fast travel on broomsticks, get around quickly on broomsticks, but the sport of Quidditch will not be available to play at launch. It's possible that it will come later on, maybe in a DLC or in an up a free update, um, but in the world of witchcraft and wizardry, uh, you will not be able to play Quidditch. You won't be able to grab the golden snitch. You won't be able to put the balls through the through the goalpost holes. You know, it's it's uh, kind of crazy. I'm wondering if, like, because I think, um, what was it? Lego Harry Potter had, like, a level based on Quidditch where you just kind of, like, did, like, this, this like, auto-scrolling level. And I think there was also other Harry Potter games out there where... You know, you, you play a little bit of Quidditch. I think that the same thing might apply here where you have like a section where you are like chasing the golden snitch and you're pressing, you know, you're doing actions to try and catch it right. Um, but yeah, apparently, uh, you know, in, in, in place of the actual sport, there will be flying classes and you'll complete you'll compete in broomstick races. Uh, this full response uh, explains that Quidditch is not playable in Hogwarts Legacy. However, broom flight and for traversal and racing are part of the game. Players can also fly brooms to explore new and familiar locations surrounding Hogwarts Castle. Uh, a lot of people were hoping that Quidditch was going to be the game. I mean, I, it's a, it is a staple of the Harry Potter series, so you would think that Quidditch would be added into the game uh, at launch, but uh, we might have to wait a little while. If you're, if you're a fan of Quidditch, you may have to, you know, you may have to wait a little bit for the game to actually come to Hogwarts Legacy, or maybe it won't come at all. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they'll put it. Maybe, maybe there'll be a separate game just called Hogwarts Quidditch. I don't know. But uh, for Harry Potter fans, I could see this being like something that's like a, a bit of a, a very disappointing. I should say. I mean, you, you there. I think there are actually Quidditch leagues. You know, you see them playing around at, at college campuses and stuff like that. People playing Quidditch or in like fields. You know, they have the broomstick and they'll be running around with the balls. You know, I never really understood like how Quidditch became so popular, only because. Like, oh, you, you catch the golden snitch and you win. And that's, like, how Harry Potter, like, wins, like, three of his Quidditch matches or something like that. I, I don't remember exactly. But I remember, like, the golden snitch being, like, super easy to catch for, like, three out of the four times they show Quidditch in, in Harry Potter. But um, I could be wrong about that. I haven't seen the movies in quite some time. But, yeah, no Quidditch. Period. Moving on. Ubisoft has revealed after a leaked image was was put out on Twitter um, that the next Assassin's Creed game is going to be called Mirage. It's going to take place in... Uh, where is it taking place? In... I think it's like Baghdad or, or something like that. Um... Uh, it's it's an Arabian country for sure, Arabian setting for sure, um, but yeah, uh, there was a leak, a screenshot leak. So Ubisoft came out on the Assassin's Creed Twitter account and said, "Assassin's Creed Mirage is the next Assassin's Creed game. We can't wait to tell you more on September 10th at the Ubisoft Forward at 12 p.m. Pacific time." So if you want to check out and and get more information on that, that that will be the day and the time to go and check that out. Um, I'm really interested in this because they've already confirmed that the next Assassin's Creed game, supposedly Mirage, 
is going to be more in line with the earlier Assassin's Creed games. You know, a, a straightforward story, a, a smaller open world. Um, you know, st- something like Assassin's Creed 2 or, you know, Brotherhood or something like that, which I mean, that you know, those Assassin's Creed games are my favorites still. You know, Brotherhood is still one of my favorites, Assassin's Creed 2. Um, you know, uh, I, I like those smaller kind of games because they had like the better stories. They had the, you know, they, they seem to have more tight knit stuff going on. And when you get into these bigger open world games, even though they're still good, don't get me wrong, like Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, it just becomes overwhelming because of the amount of things to do, and you feel like you're not making progress, and like Origins' map is so big, and, and, and Odyssey's maps are so big, you look at the map, and, you, and you've and you been playing for like, you know, 30 hours, and you haven't, you've barely gotten anywhere, you feel like, and then there's also those times where you do something, and it's just like, it feels so meaningless in the grand scheme of things, you feel like you're doing like these stupid side tasks that just do not matter at all and it's like why am i even doing this right um so hopefully you know hopefully we'll see more about this game um in detail at ubisoft forwards event um so i'm 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 interested i'm i'm kind of excited i'm kind of excited um and uh, we'll see how that goes uh assassin's creed mirage officially revealed um and more will be revealed uh later on and on the 10th of september Mario Kart Tour, the infamous racing version of... I'm sorry, the infamous phone version of the racing game is removing the loot boxes, the gotcha elements, next month. An in-game shop is going to be taking the loot boxes place, or the pipes, or whatever they're called. Um, This has not happened in a Nintendo game yet, uh, them revamping a system like this uh, as thoroughly as this. Um, But yeah, the big change is coming in October... There will no longer be gotcha elements. Instead, they're going to be they're going to be using a shop called the Spotlight Shop. Um, so uh, on Mario Kart Tour, if you when you open it up, it says, "Hold on, let me load." We'll be adding a Spotlight Shop where you can exchange rubies for drivers, carts, and gliders featured in tours. New drivers, carts, and gliders, as well as drivers, carts, and gliders that have appeared in the past, will be available along with. This, the pipe you can fire by using rubies, will be removed. Notes, the Spotlight Shop will appear with tours that begin after 10.04. The benefit that applied to some drivers, cars, and gliders who appeared in pipes you could fire by using rupees that boosted them, so the second and third course of all cups during the tour are favored and favorite courses will be removed. Lots of other things are in the works, too. The content and timing of the updates are subject to change. Um, but I mean, a lot of people have complained about Mario Kart tour and, you know, how, you know, how infamous it was. And I think even like Dr. Mario, the, the, you know, the, you know, the, the phone version of that Mario run, I think also those games also had some really crazy microtransactions in it. Um, I think this is better because, you know, you can actually get the person, you know, the characters that you want, the cart parts that you want, instead of just getting like a, because it says like fire the pipe, and if I remember correctly, you like fire the pipe, and it's like a, it's like it's like Overwatch or whatever, you know, the, it opens up and there's like something special inside, right? Um, so I guess they're they're taking that out for a store. I'm guessing the store is going to be one of those rotating ones, kind of like Fall Guys, where it's like every day you get some new stuff, every week you get something new, every month you get something new, right? Um, so yeah, I guess I guess this will help. Uh, this is probably going to help sales go back up, right? Because I I feel like a lot of people um have kind of gone away from Mario Kart Tour. Uh, even though it's still a very popular mobile game, 
but uh, hey, you know who am I? I haven't even I haven't even I haven't even touched the game ever. So, what you gonna do? But anyway, uh, if if you play Mario Kart Tour, I I'm, I'm I don't know. Is this good information? Is this bad information? Let me know. Let me know in the Discord. All right. Um, so I revealed or multiverses revealed uh, a little while ago that Stripe and Black Adam were coming to multiverses. In a kind of like a surprise event, um, Gizmo is actually coming to multiverses before Stripe. Uh, Stripe is still going to be coming, but Gizmo is actually coming next week to the game. So Gizmo is the fluffy, you know, fluffy, uh, fluffy little dude from from Gremlins, of course. Uh, Stripe, uh, you know, we already know knew that Stripe was entering the arena, but we did not know that Gizmo was going to be uh, a fully playable separate character. Um, I was predicting that he was going to be like just like a, a side character for Stripe to use, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, this is actually pretty crazy because Morty was just added right before se- or during season one's beginning, and now uh, a little while later, you know, was a week or so later, we've already got Gizmo coming in. I don't know how fun he'll be as a character, but you never know. Also, some data miners have been digging through some code, and they found that Fred Flintstone and Harry Potter could possibly be coming to the game soon as well, maybe after Stripe and Black Adam. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, kind of interesting stuff there. Gizmo coming. There hasn't been any like gameplay trailers for it. There's, there was just a reveal trailer. So I'm guessing next week we'll see a full gameplay you know, trailer or whatever for the game, or for the character, I should say. All right, Sony has acquired a minority stake in From Software, the developers behind Bloodborne, Elden Ring, Dark Souls, Sekiro, and etc. Um, so uh, it's From Software's owner will still retain 69.66% stake in the studio, while Sony has purchased a 14.9% stake and Tencent, uh, they have a 16.25%. Um, take uh, stake in the company now as well. So, reportedly, um, the owner of From Software, uh, Kadokawa Corporation, stated uh, that it recognizes the enhancement of capabilities for the creation, development, and deployment of game IP as one of the group's highest priorities. Uh, from Software will establish a third-party allotment, essentially allowing for further funding from Sony and um, Tencent. Uh, this funny funding will primarily be leveraged to allow From Software to pu- publish its own games globally. It already self-publishes in Japan, but has relied heavily on larger publishers for other regions, such as Bandai Namco and Activision. Additionally, the studio will aim to proactively invest in development and more powerful game IPs for itself to strengthen From Software's development capabilities. So it doesn't sound like this is um, wholly a... like. You know, oh, let's get some more exclusives on PlayStation platforms, right? You know, besides from Bloodborne, it sounds like this is going to help From Software easily publish games, uh, at least under uh, a few different banners than Activision and stuff like that. Um, but uh, you know, it's a yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to say if anything's really going to change. You know, um, but uh, yeah, uh, if you want to check out that article, um, it was reported by VGC. If you want to check that out, um, other other other. Actually, this is actually pretty interesting. Other things that Sony has taken a minority share in: Epic Games and Devolver Digital. So yeah, we'll see there. Um, so yeah, 
Uh, I th- I think this isn't this isn't a bad thing. I don't think we're gonna be seeing any like Sony exclusive games here on out from from software, but you never know. Now, you know there could be a Bloodborne remaster coming out or something like that. I feel like if anything Bloodborne happens, it's gonna be putting the game on like Epic Game Store or something like that. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, the spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio was slated to be released in 2022 this year from Team Reptile. Uh, but they have announced that the original date... I'm sorry. They have announced that the game has been delayed to summer 2023. Uh, in a Twitter post, they said, About the release, we are convinced that releasing the game this year will not take it to the level where we would be personally satisfied with. To create a fulfilling and unique game, we are extending the development time of Bomb Rush Cyberfunk at summer 2023. Using boost packs, players can do special boost tricks like the 1080 spin. If you land this into a manual, you can get a combo going. Coming from higher ground and landing into a manual also gives a speed boost. So they're just kind of like talking about different things that they're working on in the game. Um, obviously, delays are never a bad thing. And um, if you want to check out more about uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, make sure you follow Team Reptile on Twitter. Speaking of cyberpunk, uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners is a Netflix anime that's going to be coming on September 13th. Um, this is the long-awaited anime for the cyberpunk series or franchise, I guess you could call it at this time. Um, but uh, essentially, uh, it looks pretty good. Uh, you know, the, the cyberpunk aspects are not like you know. I'm, I'm looking at the character designs, and you know how in the game, like there's a bunch of like people who have modded and stuff like that. A lot of these characters just kind of look normal for the most part. It's kind of weird. Um, but obviously it's going to be a pretty crazy series. Uh, the, the, the small trailer that they put out on their YouTube channel looks pretty insane. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, uh, when, I guess we'll see how that, how this all looks and goes, what people say about it. Um, when this, uh, cyberpunk anime series officially comes out on September 13th. Um, if you want to check out that trailer, like I said, it's on Netflix's YouTube channel. Slip, uh, slit, slit? I thought it was Slipgate. Is it Slipgate? I thought it was Slipgate. Uh, maybe it's Splitgate. Splitgate, not Slipgate. Splitgate is ending development. The studio has announced that the shooter will be, uh, they will be making a new shooter instead of keeping their focus on the, um, the beta version or whatever version we call the the early access version of Splitgate. Uh, Splitgate is a game that it's very much it, it, you know when it originally came out. I, that's when I played it. It kind of felt a lot like Halo, and then you had like the portals to go through. You could make portals, and you could like you know uh, throw grenades through them and run through them and and flank enemies. It's pretty cool. I mean, I would. I mean, it was free to play, I believe. So you know, I would recommend checking it out. Um, but the developer behind the game came out on Twitter and said, we spent a lot of our time trying to rework old content and systems that were originally built by a handful of people. The 1047 Games team has determined that in order to build the game fans deserve and build it the way that that isn't trying to retrofit and and live operate on existing products, we are ending feature development of of Splitgate. We're We're turning our attention away from iterative smaller updates and going all in focus on a new game in the slip in the split gate universe which will present revolutionary not evolutionary changes to our game 
It will be a shooter. It will have portals, and it will be built upon the Unreal Engine 5. Oh, and it will be free. Um, despite this, Splitgate isn't being canceled, so the servers will remain online, and there will also be a new Battle Pass system in the game, which will be rolling out September 15th, and it will be free to all players as a thank you for continuing to play the game. Um, of course, they've rolled out a bunch of small updates and fixes to the game throughout the years, um, but it seems like this is going to be the best move going forward, is just to build a new game from the ground up while keeping the original Splitgate up and running for the time being. If you want to check out more about that, uh, you can go to purexbox.com for more information. Speaking of Halo, 343 has revealed what's coming to Halo Infinite in, in the late 2020 and early 2023. So the Forge beta will be launching sometime between November 8th and March 7th, along with campaign network co-op and mission replay, a free 30-tier battle pass, and some new maps called Detachment and, and Argyle are going to be launched as well, along with extra XP, uh, a, a new event called Joint Fire, quality of life improvements, a new game mode called Convert One Flag, and a new event called winter contingency 2 along with that the second season is going to launch sometime between march 7th and 20 and the 27th of june called echoes within there's going to be a new map called arena and big team battle a new weapon called the m392 bandit new equipment called the shroud screen and a new 100 tier battle pass which i believe will not be free Custom game browser, new narrative events, Forge, Forge beta updates, in-game reporting, a new mode called VIP and escalation, quality of life improvements, and a new fracture event will also be included in this update that's coming next year. One of the other things that 343 has revealed is that local campaign co-op has been canceled. They're not going to be doing local campaign co-op anymore meaning that if you have been waiting to play with a family member or a friend locally on the same console, it will not be done. In a, in a press release, they said, in order to improve and accelerate ongoing live service development and to better address player feedback and quality of life updates, we have re reallocated studio resources and are no longer working on a local campaign split co-op. Um, but hey, at least Forge mode's coming, right? That's the one thing that people are really, really hoping for. And now it apparently is is coming sooner rather than later. Um, if you want more info on that, obviously 343's Twitter account is where you want to go. Um, this up, I mean, these updates seem good, but these are things that could have been added to the game before launch. You know, Forge mode, online co-op, uh, you know, stuff like that. I, I feel like a lot of this stuff just, I mean, maybe Halo Infinite should have been should have been pushed back a little bit. You know, and I've said this already, and I'll say it again. I do regret putting Halo Infinite. On the top 15, that was number 14 from last year. I really don't think it deserves that spot anymore, especially with how limited the uh, amount of content was. I think I was just high on the game, you know, and that's kind of a that's a problem with games that come out in December. A lot of times I'll be just really high on them and I'll, I'll throw them onto the list. And then later on, I'll be like, oh, you know, it really wasn't that great, you know, but I'm 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 I'm, I'm planning on doing better this year because uh, I'm, I'm going to give the games the time they deserve in December. Uh, because, as you know what I say, 2022 is 2022, the year is the year, and I don't know why games in 2022 are not at the Game Awards. Hey, yo. All right, let's move on to the final section of the show, which is what's coming soon. All right, NASA, that's right, the National, National 
something space something. <laughs> NASA has released a free Xbox game complete with achievements for a thousand G, and it's really easy to complete if you're a hunter for that kind of thing. So essentially, the game is called um, uh, Space Science Investigations. It's going to be available on Xbox game uh, platforms, I should say. Um, the last game that they put out, a free educational game, was called To the Moon and Beyond, which is also on the Xbox Store by NASA. Uh, but yeah, this one's called Space Science Investigations. It's an educational game, and you'll watch a few videos and complete a few puzzles, uh, and you'll get a thousand G worth of achievements if you play through it. In the press release, it says, Welcome to the International Space Station. It's your job to make sure the resupply H2 transfer vehicle is successfully t uh, tethered to the International Space Station. But before you can do that, you must prepare the ISS for the HTV's arrival. Moving in zero-G will be different than what you're used to on Earth. Some uh, Spend some time flying, flipping, and spinning around the station without gravity to assist you. But be careful, you might get sick. While completing tasks and floating around the International Space Station, you will learn about and, and experience the effects of microgravity on the human body. Um... So, I mean, the game looks good. I mean, it looks pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a space station. Um, it's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's also made by NASA, so it's not going to have, like, like, really, really good graphics. But, you know, I think that looks fine for an educational game. I'll, maybe I'll play around with it if I have time. But um, if you want to check this out, it's available now to play Space Science Investigations. Um, and, uh, it's an easy, uh, thousand G, I guess. So if you want to check that out, I think also to the moon and beyond is still available if you want to check that out too. Um, but yeah, space science investigations is the new NASA game. All right. Nobody saves the world is getting its first expansion called frozen hearth. Um, obviously I was really, I had a really good time with nobody saves the earth back in April when it first came out. Um, I, I really had a good time with it, and I'll probably dive back into it for this DLC. It's going to be worth, uh, it's going to cost about $5 to get. Uh, the new DLC is coming on September 13th. It'll introduce two new characters, the Killer Bee and the Mechanic, along with a host of unique challenges, and Mini Golf is actually joining the game as well. Uh, Ian Campbell, the lead designer, had this to say. Uh, when we shipped the original game, there were many ideas we had to leave on the cutting room floor, and this DLC gave us a chance to bring some to, of them to life. We had a blast creating even more forms as well as puzzles and challenges that make the most of the game's mix and match customization. Uh, if you haven't played the main game yet, I believe it's still available on Xbox Game Pass. It's also available on Steam if you want to try it out there as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, uh, this expansion looks pretty good. Uh, the mini The mini golf is probably going to be pretty funny. Um, and the new character forms look like they're they're pretty useful. You know, there are some character forms in this game that you kind of try to stay away from, uh, but the mechanic and the killer bee look pretty good. So, you know, there you go. All right. Dredge. This is a sinister, quote-unquote, fishing game. Uh, kind of has the same graphical style as uh, Zelda's Wind Waker's, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Uh, essentially, you're in, like, this uh, fisher boat, fisherman boat, and I don't know, you're like, you're like just kind of cruising around. Uh, you're, I guess you're trying to collect fish. I'm not sure. And there's like some really big, ugly fish in the water. Let's read about the game. Uh, this is coming from Team 17. Uh, it, it, it unraveled the mystery. Captain your fishing trawler across a collection of remote islands, each with its own inhabitants to meet, wildlife to discover, and stories to unearth. 
Dredge the depths, scour the sea for hidden treasure, and complete quests to gain access to strange new abilities. Study your craft, research special equipment, and upgrade your boat's capabilities to gain access to rare fish and valuable deep-sea heroes? Not sure what that means. Fish to survive. Sell your discoveries to the locals and learn more about each area and upgrade your boat to reach even more secluded locations. And fight the unfathomable. Strengthen your mind and use special abilities to survive trips out into the water after dark. Uh, so Dredge, this game is going to be available in 2023, but that's just a release window, so you never know what's going to happen. Looks pretty cool. If you want to check out a trailer, it's on 10, Team 17's YouTube channel, Dredge. All right, I think everyone here remembers Haiku the Robot. This is a game that I talked about a few months ago, the Metroidvania, where you play this little tiny robot uh, who is fighting these like crazy machines who want to kill you. Um, this game has gotten a Switch release date now uh, in September. The game is going to be coming in September to Switch uh, on September 9th. Um, I would recommend trying this game out. I th it's a pretty fun Metroidvania. I haven't finished it yet because a lot of other things came uh, came out. But uh, it's a very charming, uh, very nice-looking, great soundtrack also to the game as well. I like the abilities and stuff that you get during the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you want to check this out, uh, there's a new Switch version of the game coming, and there's a trailer for it on Mr. Morris Games' YouTube channel. Speaking of robots, Omega Bot is a colorful retro-inspired platformer that'll come to Switch on in 2023. Um, I don't really know much about this one, but it's a it's definitely a colorful kind of Metroidvania looking type game pixel artwork uh where you play as this little robot and you go through these platforming challenges and stuff like that um this was originally supposed to release this year but it's been pushed back actually uh but this is the like this is the first time of me hearing it um an official statement says red art games has decided to delay omega bots console release those additional months will be given to Red Art Studios team to ample time to polish the console version of the game. So I'm guessing it's already on Steam or Epic Game Store or something like that. Uh, so it's going to be $10 on all the different platforms. Um, more information will be coming later. Uh, this is a tight platformer and action game. Avoid danger and deadly obstacles. Traverse through metallic forests. Destroyed futuristic cities and more. Go out of your way to find hidden secrets and maybe even new friends defeat great warriors of, of the fallen lands who have sacrificed themselves and consumed by corruption these challenging boss fights you'll have to use strategic thinking and fast reflexes to slay the machines fight your way fight for their weapon and powers uh so they can be freed from their suffering blast your way through hordes of infected machines use strategy and fast thinking but be careful once your energy runs out you'll be left vulnerable uh, so like i said this apparently it's already available on steam um, but the console version was pushed back so um, if you want to check this out, uh, it's going to be coming next year, 2023. As I spoke about before, The Outbound Ghost is a Paper Mario-esque game uh, where you take a, you take control of a, a cute little ghost and you go around a town trying to help people and solve the problems of the area. The combat, very similar to Paper Mario. The aesthetic, very similar to Paper Mario. Uh, like I said before, and I'll say it again a million times, if Nintendo's not going to make the games that people want, indie developers will take up uh, their their spot and make games that uh, are relatively similar to the ones that we know from the past. Um, but yes, this is the Outbound Ghost. It's a, it's a delightful 2.5D RPG all about helping ghosts ascend to the afterlife. 
There will be physical editions of the game released on the 25th of November, but if you want it a little bit earlier, uh, there will be a the digital version is going to be released um, on, sept in, uh, on September 21st, 2022. Uh, there will be a bunch of characters that are stuck in the in-between, which is kind of like Limbo. Uh, it's your task to right the wrongs and wrap up any unfinished business your fellow spooks might have. However, things won't always go swimmingly, and combat is typical turn-based JRPG fare, in which figments of your past personality, like regret and jealousy, can be used as as party members. Sounds really good. Uh, I'm definitely going to be checking this out and picking it up when it comes out. And like I said, if you want to try out the Outbound Ghost, September 21st is the day for the digital version, and November 25th is the physical version. Sam and Max Saves the World and Beyond Time and Space remasters have been confirmed to be coming to the PlayStation. Um, these weren't originally on the PlayStation. They were originally only on Xbox and PC. But now they are officially coming to PS4 on the 29th of September, 2022. The two adventure titles will be available in a bundle pack or uh, individually on the website. These versions were developed by Skunk Ape Games. Uh, they adapt the games for widescreens, refresh the visuals, and introduce new music and more. Um, this will be the first time that Save the World will be available on Sony hardware. And um, hopefully the third game in, in the trilogy will be coming. This is the Devil's Playhouse. Uh, hopefully we'll see that come to PlayStation in the future. But right now, if you want to get this game, on the 29th of September, Sam and Max, Save the World, and Beyond Space and Time, both remastered, coming to the PlayStation, which is pretty cool. What Remains of Edith Finch has put out a PS5 upgrade, and now people who have the PS4 version of the game from PlayStation Plus will be able to upgrade to the PS5 version for free. There's a little bit of a of a hoopla you have to go through in order to get it, though. Um, so you have to go on your console and search for the game and then switch over to the PS5 version. Then on the left, there will be a drop-down menu, and you have to select the second game and you'll be able to claim it. Uh, also, other people have stated that you have to go to the PS Store and you need to buy the PS5 version at no extra cost. After doing so, you can download the PS5 version as well. So it sounds like maybe there was a little glitch in the system when it first came out, and maybe it's been fixed or slightly <laughs> slightly fixed at this point. But if you want to play the PS5 version of What Remains of Edith Finch, you can do that now for free if you got the, the PS PlayStation Plus version of the game uh, back in the day. All right, uh, Horizon Chase 2 is coming to consoles in 2023. This is the follow-up to the Horizon Ch Chase Turbo game that made its way to PS4 and other consoles uh, after its big success on mobile. Uh, now Horizon Chase 2 will be available next year, which is, I believe, already on mobile, actually, already. Um, but, you know, it looks like a, it looks like the, they've improved the visuals of the game for sure. Um, I'm not sure how the game is going to play, though. I never played Horizon Chase Turbo, even though it was available on PlayStation Plus. Um, I think the visuals look fine. They're, like, cartoony, kind of cel-shaded looking. You know, um, I think they look fine. The car designs look kind of cool, you know. Who knows? Um, if you're a fan of racing games, this might be one that you want to look for. It will be available on September 9th on the Apple Store. Uh, if you want to try it out there, I, I don't know if it's going to be free or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's not coming to consoles until next year. Um, but the, yeah, the game will be built for live service elements as well, with new challenges every two days and modified campaign races in the tournament mode to keep things fresh. Uh, there you go. If you want to check out the trailer, it's on a Aquirus Game Studios YouTube channel. And if you haven't played Horizon Chase Turbo, it was available on PlayStation Plus. I don't know if it's available anymore to download for free, but you can try it out there if you already had it added to your library. 
Speaking of PlayStation Plus, the new games for PlayStation Plus Essentials, Extra, and Premium have been announced for September. Uh, the PlayStation Plus games are Toem, Need for Speed Heat, and Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Uh, Toem is a great game. Uh, it was on my top 10 from last year. I really enjoyed my time with it. It's a game where you take pictures in a black and white environment and you solve puzzles by taking these pictures. It was a really good time. Really good time. I would recommend anyone to play that. Pick that up and play that. Also, if you want to go for the Platinum Trophy, not too bad for the trophy hunters out there. Need for Speed Heat. It's described as being the best Need for Speed game on the next on the on the uh, from the newer series since Need for Speed Reboot. Uh, but that but they they also say that's not saying much, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, but it looks fine. I don't know. It's, it's Need for Speed. What you can do? And then Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Is, it looks like a fighting game, a one v one fighting game in like an anime aesthetic. Looks fine. You know, can't say anything too crazy about it. it just looks fine. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to, if you want to download any of those games, they will be available the first Tuesday of the month, which is going to be what uh, the sixth of September. Other things coming to PlayStation Plus Extra. So PlayStation Plus Extra, uh, these are games from PS4 and PS5 that will be available to download and play uh, from the PlayStation Plus Extra program, uh, including Deathloop, Assassin's Creed Origins, Watch Dogs 2, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, Spiritfarer Farewell Edition, Chicory A Colorful Tale, Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game 5, Alex Kidd in the Miracle World DX, Rabbids Invasion, the interactive TV show, Raymond Legends, and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the, the game complete edition. And then here are your PS1, I'm sorry, P PlayStation Plus premium games coming in September. Uh, so we have Siphon Filter 2 on the PS1, the Sly Cooper Collection, which is pretty cool, the Sly Cooper Thieves in Time game that came out after the collection, pretty cool indeed, Bentley's Hack Pack for PS3, Toy Story 3 for the PSP, and Kingdom of Paradise for the PSP. All those games will be available in September. Pretty cool. Uh, some good stuff there. Sly Cooper for sure is definitely going to be a highlight there. I'm not sure what the Toy Story 3 PSP version is. I, I'm, I'm wondering if it's different from the original game. Probably is. Uh, and then some of the extra games. Deathloop obviously is a big one. Assassin's Creed Origins. Watch Dogs 2. Chicory. Rabbids. Rayman Legends is also pretty good. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Obviously big game. So if you want to check any of those out, they're coming in September. Good lineup, I guess. Here's your games for gold in September. Some of them are available to play right now, like Gods Will Fall, which will be available between the 1st of September and the 30th of September. Double Kick Heroes will be available between September 16th and October 15th. Thrillville will be available to play September 1st through the 15th. And Portal 2 will be available between the 16th of September and the 30th of September. If you want to check any of those out, those are your games with gold. Uh, it's a $66.96 value and 3,000 gamer score. <laughs> and then uh, here's 11 games that are leaving Xbox Game Pass soon. Uh, they, they don't have official dates for, the, for their departure yet, so I can't tell you exactly when, but um, A Plague Tale Innocence, Aragami 2, Bug Fables, Craftopia, Final Fantasy 13. Flynn's Son of Crimson, I Am Fish, Lost Words, Beyond the Page, Mighty Goose, Skatebird, and The Artful Escape are all leaving in September. So if you want to check any of those games out before they leave, probably go ahead and get those downloaded now and start playing them uh, because I don't know I don't know exactly when they are leaving just yet. Maybe we'll know in the near future. But um, a lot of good games here leaving. Plague Tale Innocence, very good game. Aragami 2 was fun, kind of buggy though. 
Bug Fables is, you know, it's it's a spiritual successor to the Paper Mario franchise. I hear lots of good things about it. Um, I Am Fish, goofy, stupid game, kind of annoying. Mighty Goose, kind of in the same vein as uh, Metal Slug. Fun game, can't complain. Never really tried Skatebird. Callus, though, Callus said that it wasn't that great, so, you know, I kind of skipped it. And then The Artful Escape is uh, kind of a, you know, it's, it's, it's a very simple game, but it's very beautiful, very well done music-wise, uh, gameplay-wise. Not amazing, but, you know, if you want to check it out, I think it's worth checking out at least. Okay, and that is it for this episode of Ferris 64. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out the other things I do, I write for The Pixels on the-pixels.com. Uh, my latest article was about the uh, Curse to Golf, if you want to check that out. The next one should be about either Scathe or Tinykin. I'm not sure which one I'm going to be able to start on working on first, but uh, hey, just keep an eye out for that. Actually, my next my next article is going to be about Revolt, actually. That should be coming out on Thursday, so make sure you keep an eye open for that. Uh, also, I do Twitch streaming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Right now, we're playing Cyberpunk 2077, the PS5 version, and we're playing Shadow of the Colossus Remastered, uh, which is the, like, 20 the PS4 version of the game. Um, so if you want to check out that, uh, I'll be finishing, at least I'll be finishing Shadow of uh, Colossus on Monday for sure. Cyberpunk, not sure when we're going to finish that. And then um, if you want to check out the other things I do, I, at Yummy the Ferret on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, um, YouTube, etc. All right. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Fair 64. I appreciate it. If you want to rate the podcast, just go ahead and do that on Apple Podcasts or even Spotify. Maybe even leave a review if you feel so inclined. I am Yummy the Ferret, and uh, this has been Fair 64. I'll talk at you next week. Have a good one. Bye bye. The Fair 64 podcast is owned and edited by Yummy the Ferret. The song Nightshade, used in the intro and outro, is owned by Adhesive Wombat. Small sound clips during the podcast were made by Yemi the Ferret. News sources include NintendoLife.com, PushSquare.com, and PureXbox.com. All opinions video game related are my own. Thank you for listening.